Hey, Reach Paramount, welcome to our podcast. We really hope this message encourages and challenges you as you walk with the Lord every day. Enjoy this message. Good evening, everybody. Uh, it, it feels good to be at Reach Paramount. Are you guys excited you guys came to midweek service? Man, I love our church. It's the best church in the world. I love coming on Sundays, on Wednesdays. God is moving. And I just want to encourage you guys, you can go ahead and, and be seated. Uh, I feel like uh, God's going to move today, but before I get started, I do want to thank Pastor Omar and the pastoral staff for allowing me to uh, come up here and share a word. Uh, I'm just excited to see what God's going to do tonight. Amen. Um, But we are in a sermon series called Finish the Fight, and uh, we know the theme scripture um, is in 2 Timothy uh, 4.5, it says, don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. As for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I fought the good fight. I have finished the race and I have remained faithful. And we all know that this is Paul writing a letter to Timothy, his, uh, one, one of the uh, sons in the faith. And uh, he's encouraging him. And, and I like this message because you know, the message that I, I want to uh, stay on is run with purpose. So right away, he doesn't try to sugarcoat anything to Timothy. He tells him right away, don't be afraid for suffering for the Lord. And, and, and just to let you know, Paul's mentality, where Paul comes from, what he was about, he was all about just pleasing the Lord. He was all about serving God. He was all about just doing everything to make sure that God was happy with what he was doing. All he did was preach the gospel. He even said to live is Christ and to die is gain. He said, while I'm here on this earth, I'm going to enjoy what God's going to do through me. And and I'm going to see what God is going to touch other people's lives. But I know that when I do die, I'm going to be in the presence of the Lord. And he's telling Timothy right here, don't be afraid for suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. And I want to remind you guys today, we all have a ministry that we need to fulfill. We are all called with a purpose, with a plan, and we all have value in our lives. And I want to let you know, if you want to fulfill God's purpose uh, in your life, you have to run with endurance and you have to run knowing what your purpose is. In 1 Corinthians 9.24, it says this, don't you realize that in a race everyone runs? But only one person gets the prize, so run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. And, and this is so awesome because an athlete trains and trains hard to be a winner, to be number one, whether it's in a race, whether it's boxing, uh, whether it's in football, their football season's out, they're playing to win the Super Bowl, right? So they're not going in there half-hearted, they're going there with the purpose, they have vision, they plan everything out. And us as Christians, we need to have that same vision and we need to have that same purpose, the purpose to win the race, the purpose to make it to the end, amen? And, and I wanna let you guys know something, that there's gonna be a lot of things that come our way. Uh, There's going to be a lot of trials. There's going to be a a lot of things that will um, try to, 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 how can I say, um, distract us or or, um, to try to slow us down in the race that we're in. But we got to understand that we must keep fighting. Amen? We must keep pushing no matter what. No matter the season, no matter the obstacle, no matter what happens in our life, we have to keep fighting because there's people watching. 
And we need to understand that our lives are connected to other people, that God saved us for others, and our purpose is to be a light and a vessel for him, to preach the gospel, to go out there and save souls and to be a light and to tell people about Jesus. And that was Paul's main focus. And, and, and in Philippians 3.12, it says this, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to the uh, I press on to possess the perfection for which Christ Jesus first possess, uh, possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Jesus Christ, or Christ Jesus, is calling us. So I want to encourage you guys to not give up. I know there's things that may happen in our life. There's certain tragedies. There's certain things that we may not have control over that may happen, that may crush us, that may press us on each side, but we can't give up. I know the Bible says when we are weak, he is strong, and he'll help us get through those circumstances. He'll help us get through those, those certain trials where we feel like we're alone, where those certain trials where we just feel like there's nobody there for us. When we call on the Lord, he will be there. Amen? And it starts with having uh, a relationship with God. And, you know, I wanted to talk about a story of, um, of David, and it's in 1 Samuel chapter 30. It's the story of David and Ziglag. And he goes through uh, a, a pretty, uh, pretty heavy trial, him and his, and his army. But before I go there, I do want to talk about the city of Ziglag. So um, when you look in the book of Joshua... It talks about um, that the that Ziglag was occupied uh, by the Jewish culture. By it was their territory, but along the way, it was taken over by the Philistine army. And during the time where Saul was um, on this rampage trying to kill David, uh, David ends up going into Ziglag or going into the into the Philistines' camp and 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 asking the king of 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 that territory uh, of the Philistines if he can stay with him. And as David was was hiding from Saul, uh, he was uh, with the Philistines, um, and he was he was basically uh, running from Saul, but Saul wouldn't go in there uh, because the Philistines would come out to battle Saul often, so um, David was basically a servant to one of the kings there, and after he grew and, and got the acceptance of the Philistine king, uh, Ashish, um, in the capital of Gath, David requested that he live somewhere else, and, and this king gave him Ziglag. And I want to let you guys know that Ziglag became a fortified uh, territory of David. This is where David started growing in popularity. This is where David started growing uh, with his army. Um, and just to give you a few uh, scriptures in First Chronicles 12.8, it says, Courageous men from the, the Gatites came over to David in the stronghold in the wilderness. Men trained for war who could handle shield and spear, who faces, whose faces were like faces of lions and who were swift as gazelles on the mountains. See, the people that were coming, uh, that were leaving Saul were, were joining David's army because they seen the passion he had. They seen the zeal that he had. They seen that this was a man with purpose and this was a man that was after God's heart. We, they seen the anointing on him and they seen that Saul was in fear trying to kill this man. And a lot of people, a lot of Saul's army was running to David. And this is the fortified city Ziglag that David had. It even goes on to say this, that mighty men from different tribes of Israel who were loyal to David rather than Saul, came to David at Ziglag. And 1, 1 Chronicles 12, 22 says this, For from that day to day, men came to David to help him until there was a great army, like an army of God. 
And I wanted to put this in perspective to let you guys know that Ziglag be became a fortified stronghold for David. It was where he was being refreshed, renewed, and where he was training every single day with his men and getting stronger and stronger. But it goes on to say before 1 Samuel chapter 30 uh, that David went out uh, with the Philistine king to go fight uh, Saul in a battle, but uh, the Philistines didn't trust David and they told him to go back. And when he went back, him and his army came back to, uh, to Ziklag. In verse 30, it says this. Three days later, when David and his men arrived home at their town of Ziklag, they found that the Amalekites had made um, a raid into the Negev and Ziklag. They had crushed Ziklag and burned it to the ground. They had carried off the women and children and everyone else, but without killing anyone. When David and his men saw the ruins and realized what had happened to their families, they wept until they could weep no more. David's two wives, Ahonoam from Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal from Carmel, were among those captured. And David was now in great danger because all his men were very bitter about losing their sons and daughters. And they began to, to talk of stoning, of stoning him. So just think about this. You have all these mighty men coming and joining David. They're, they're right there preparing for battle. Uh, they're right there getting ready to, to get into war. And, and they go into the battle and then the Philistines send them back saying, no, we can't trust you. Even though we're going to go fight Saul, we think you're going to end up trying to fight us as well. So they send them back home. And without realizing it, it's something that David and his men didn't even prepare for. You see, we can be in training. We can be reading our word. We can, we can um, you know, take all the proper steps and do everything that we can but sometimes just life takes a, a wicked turn and can really just 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 really hit us hard and we see that David was distressed and all his men were distressed as well we see that during this time even David's men were trying to stone him even David's men were trying to say you know you were leading us we came to follow you and now look everything is gone our wives our kids everything and it says right here but David found strength in the Lord his God. And we see that whenever we go through certain trials, whenever we go to certain things, we always gotta make sure we have a direct line, a direct communication with our Lord. You see, if we have a communication with our God, we're gonna know that we're gonna be able to get through it. Even at our weakest point, we can cry out to God and he'll come for us and he'll move on our behalf. And we see David was strengthened in the Lord even though his own men were trying to stone him and even though his own men were trying to kill him. He didn't, he didn't get more distressed. He didn't get terrified. He didn't try to run away. But he reached out to the Lord, and the Lord answered. Then he said to Abiathar the priest, bring me the ephod. So Abiathar brought it. Then David asked the Lord, should I chase after this band of raiders? Will I catch them? And the Lord told him, yes, go after them. You will surely recover everything that was taken from you. So David and his 600 men sent out, and they came to the brook Besor, but 200 of the men were too exhausted to cross the brook. So David continued the pursuit with 400 men. And I, I, I wanna go further down, but they end up finding a straggler that was sick and the enemy left him behind. And it goes on to say that, that David asked them if they would lead him to the, to the enemy. And, and the, the man said, make an oath with me that you won't kill me and I'll lead you to the enemy. Just don't put me into, the, into their hands. And David agreed. So in verse 16, so he led David to them, and they found the Amicalites spread out across the fields, eating and drinking and dancing with joy because of the vast amount of plunder they had taken from the Philistines and the land of Judea. 
In verse 17, David and his men rushed in among them and slaughtered them throughout the night and the entire next day until evening. None of the Amicalites escaped except 400 young men who fled on camels. David got back everything and the Amalekites had taken and he rescued two of his wives. Nothing was missing, small or great, son or daughter, nor anything else that had been taken. David brought everything back. He also recovered all the flocks and herds and his men drove them ahead of the other livestock. The plunder belonged to David, they said. You see, I want to let you know that when distress comes and when things happen, maybe there was, the, there was a sickness and somebody in your family passed away or died, or maybe you lost your job or, or you know, um, um, maybe just something horrific, a car accident happened. I don't want to, you know, say too much like that. But what I'm trying to say is sometimes life happens and sometimes things are beyond our control. And sometimes we can get to a place of distress, but we can't lose faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. We have to understand, like just David did, he stand firm in who he was and he sought out to God. So we need to be like that. We need to be like David and we need to make sure that we're firm in our faith and we know who our God is. That no matter the situation, no matter what happens in our life, that we can call on the Lord and he'll be there for us. It goes on to say that during this trial, that they ended up defeating the enemy and they got back more than, than what they took. And I want to let you know to hold on to your promise. If you feel like things aren't working out right now, if you feel like you're going through a season where you just want to throw in the towel, I want to tell you just continue to keep moving. To continue to hold on to your faith in the Lord. Continue to trust that God is going to heal your marriage. Continue to trust that God's going to save your teenagers. Continue to trust that God's going to turn everything around for you. You see, everybody goes through trials and everybody goes through situations. Um, and I like what Pastor Omar said uh, when he talks about going through certain trials that he said this, he says, it's, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. A lot of people that start well don't finish well. The Bible is filled with men and women of God that started well but didn't finish well, but somehow they got uh, detoured or distracted and things got them away from God and they didn't end up finishing well. And we got to understand that there's going to be things in our way um, that we're going to face. There's going to be things in our way that, that are going to get in the way, that are going to try to deter us. we got to understand that there's an enemy out there, there's a devil out there that wants to do everything just to ruin your relationship with God. With God. And we got to understand that, that just like Paul said earlier when I said about... Um, we have to be disciplined and we're not just shadow boxing. And Pastor Omar said a few weeks ago, he said that we got to understand that we are in a fight. We are in a spiritual battle, that there is people out there. There's a, a, a spiritual battle out there trying to take away your joy. They're trying to take away your salvation. They're trying to take away your children's salvation. But we got to stand firm in the Lord and we got to keep on fighting. You see, there's going to be things that are going to try to knock us down, but we got to continue to get back up. We got to continue to keep pushing for the Lord. We got to continue to trust that God is on our side and he's going to get us through those circumstances. And I like how um, I said earlier that um, that we got to discipline our bodies like an athlete athlete. You see, to, to stand firm in who you are with God, to stand firm in who you are in the Lord, you got to read your Bible, amen, and you got to be disciplined. You know, I, I'm going to be honest here. A couple months ago before conference, I started going to the gym every single day. I was hitting it. You know, my wife was, was telling me, you know, things are looking good, you know, you're getting in shape, started getting stronger, started, started showing videos of what I can bench press and all of that, told my friends. And then after conference, I, stopped, I was going, you know, Monday through Friday. Then after conference, I started going twice a week. And then I started going once a week. And this, this past week, I haven't even gone. So, 
So now I'm starting to see those lumps again, and my wife is reminding me, hey, your old body shape is coming back, you know? So the same way, the same way an athlete trains, you know, it's discipline. You have to have discipline in your life. You have to have dis- discipline in your spiritual life, you know? And, and I think this is the reason why so many people fall is because they start well, they get saved, they read their word, and they get into it, but then along the way, they just, it, it starts digressing. Instead of progressing, you know, uh, they, they start doing it, reading an hour a day, and then, and then it goes to 30 minutes a day, and then it's 15 minutes a day. And then it's just you wake up, say a quick prayer, jump in the shower, get ready for work, and then you're, you're on your way. And little by little, you just stop seeking the Lord. Little by little, your, your, your spiritual walk is getting weaker and weaker. Why? Because you're not seeking God anymore. You're not worshiping like you used to. You're not reading like you used to. You're not praying like you used to. You see, when Paul is saying that you need to be disciplined like an athlete, that means we need to be disciplined in our word. We need to be disciplined with waking up early and reading the Bible. Or even if you read at night, you got to be disciplined in putting the kids to bed and having time with the Lord. What, what good is it that we're doing ministry, but you don't have Jesus in it at all? What good is it that, that you're trying to fight this battle with your own strength, that you're trying to fight this battle uh, on your own way, and you don't even have God in it? What are you gaining? You're not gaining anything. You see, Paul reminds us that we have a prize, and that prize is Jesus. At the end of this race, it's to be with him in all eternity, to be in his presence, uh, to dwell with him forever and ever. That's the prize we are fighting for, but if we're not disciplined, that prize can go away really quickly. We can get deterred, like Pastor Omar said. We can, we can get blindsided, and then we don't know how to get through it. Why? Because we're not disciplined in our walk with the Lord. You know, coming to church is, is good, showing up on Wednesdays and Sundays and, and, and going to Connect Group on Fridays, but if you're not doing it on your own, you're not going to grow. You know, too, too many times we think we, we, we get the word enough here over the pulpit, and that's good enough for us, but we need God every single day, amen? I like how Pastor Rob said, he said, uh, he was telling his coworkers, he goes, they asked him, why do you go to church so much? He goes, because I need it. I'm messed up, you know, because I work with you guys, you know, and it, it's just, it's just reality, you know? We can get in this flesh, and, 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 and then we're more, we're, we're, we're angrier, we're arguing with our, our, our spouses more, you know, we're yelling at our kids more, but if you're in the spirit, you're filled with the, uh, with God's presence, you're filled with joy. Uh, no, you know, your, your kids won't get on your nerves, amen? You, you're there to, to play with them more and everything and have a good time. Uh, but I'm just telling you, we have to be disciplined when we, uh, in, in our reading, in our praying, and seeking the Lord on a daily basis. You see, if it wasn't for David being, um, having a, a heart after God um, or being a man after God's heart, I don't think he'd ever be able to, to, to seek the Lord in the time of distress when his wives were taken away, when the kids were taken away, were people out there to try to stone him and kill him, his own people trying to uh, basically uh, um, take his position away, right? And we see that he's, he's seeking God. And I just think if he wasn't a man after God's heart, he wouldn't have been able to get through uh, that, that trial. And we gotta be people that seek the Lord on a daily basis. But what I love, what I love about Ziglag and, and David overcoming the enemy and taking back everything that they took and then some is he never, he never said that Ziglag was, was really that important to him. He understood that it was all God. And uh, in Psalms 144, one through two says, blessed be the Lord, my rock who trains my hand for war and my fingers for battle. He is my steadfast love and my fortress my stronghold and my deliverer, my shield, he in whom I take refuge, who subdues people under me. It also says in Psalms 18:2 that the Lord is my rock, my fortress, my savior. My God is my rock in whom I find protection. He is my shield, 
the power that saves me, and my place of safety. You see, David did not credit Ziglag for being such a defensible or prosperous city. He didn't consider Ziglag his refuge or his stronghold, but rather recognized that it was only the Lord God that gave him safety, that it was only God that was able to deliver his enemies into his hands, that it was only God that kept that place fortified. And we got to understand that everything we do is for God. Everything we do is for Jesus, that we're here to please him. And, and he's, he is our defense. He is, he is our savior. He is our world. He is our everything. And, and we have to have a mindset to always want to please the Lord. Amen. To always do uh, what the Lord wills, to always put him first before everything else. And if you have that mindset, then I believe uh, you, you're going to do great things for the Lord. Amen. You got to understand your value. I talked about that earlier. You got to understand your purpose. When you understand who you are in Christ Jesus, it's going to be so easy to outreach and tell people your testimony, to tell people uh, um, what God's done in your life, and, and basically to go out there and be a soul winner for the kingdom. You see, that's the number one thing, that we're called to be a light for the Lord, that he saved us with the purpose, he saved us with the plan, and we got to be connected to the Lord to understand what our purpose and plan is. You see, we're reach, restore, release. Our, our purpose here is to be a light and reach people for Jesus Christ, to restore them, to have a right relationship with the Lord, and eventually launch them out or release them to do God's will. That's our vision. That's what we disciple people to do. That's what we disciple people to believe. That's what we're about. We're about saving souls. We're about reaching the lost for the kingdom. We're about going out there telling people that, that Jesus can do it for you because he's did it for me. Amen? And I wanted to um, basically talk to you a little bit um, about uh, a race that I was reading on. And um, there's this man by the name of Derek Redmond. He's a, retri a retired British sprinter. During his career, he held the British record of the 400-meter sprint. He was also a part of the uh, 4 by 400 men's relay team for Great Britain. He won a gold medal in 1986 at, 1986 at the European Championship. He won a silver medal in 1987 at the, in the World Championship. And in 1991, he won a gold medal again in the World Champion Championship that was held in Tokyo. And in 1992, this man, he made it... Hello? Oh, there it goes. In 1992, <laughs> hey man, let me get a drink of water. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> in 1992, he finally made it uh, to the Olympic Games in Barcelona. Um, he was running in the semifinals 400 meter race, and I have a video that I want to go ahead and play for you guys. If you guys can go ahead and play that video. Tom Hammond and Craig Masback back at Olympic Stadium in Barcelona coming up to the men's 400 meter semifinals. Here are the lane assignments. Steve Lewis in lane three. Top four to Wednesday's final. Steve Lewis in lane three. Roberto Hernandez out quickly in four. Now down the back stretch. Ismael on the left of the screen is running very, very quickly. And inside of Lewis, Sunday Bada of Nigeria. And Derek Redmond of Great Britain has pulled up with an injury. Redmond is out. Derek Redmond, the British record holder and an important member of that British 4 by 400 meter relay team as he doesn't want anybody to help him. It'll be Lewis to win in 44.50. Look at this, he's going to try to finish his semifinal race. 
the British have a certain tradition of running, which you have to respect. A bizarre finish to this first semi-final in the men's 400 meters. Derek Redmond of Great Britain pulled up with an injury halfway down the back stretch. He's fighting off those trying to help him to finish the race in his lane. And now the pain too much. You can go ahead and stop the video. <clears throat> it's a very touchy, uh, very emotional um, race for Derek Redmond. And when I see this race, I see a man that had vision, a man that had purpose, a man that had drive. His whole life, his goal or his dream was probably to run in that Olympic race, and he finally made it. And he made it all the way to the semifinals. This is a man that, that had the victory. He's had two gold medals, and he also had a silver medal. This is a man that led up to this race and he prepared and he trained and he practiced and he did everything he needed to do to be able to, to uh, win that race. And I just think about just his purpose and his drive to win and his motivation and determination. Uh, I also want to put in here that he was, uh, the, at that time, the British record holder for the 400 meter. So he was the fastest man in Britain. And as he was running that race, you see he pulled a hamstring and just in an instant, tragedy just hit. And it was something that he couldn't prepare for. It was something that, that he didn't prepare for. Here was a man that was running to, to, to win this race, and it all in an instant just went away. And, and it just has me thinking about that. He could have waited for the stretcher, uh, if you read the story more, that there was a stretcher coming to, to take him off. But he was determined to finish that race. He made it that far, and he wasn't going to let that deter him from finishing that race. Here's a man who trained, prepared for the race, a man with great ambition and aspirations, a man who was determined to win big. He probably dreamt for this moment his entire life to run for this race for his country in the Olympics, just to have that dream crushed in a moment by pulling his hamstring. But in that moment, he made a decision to keep going. See, at that very moment, he made a decision that he was going to get up and continue to run this race even though he was limping, even though he knew he wasn't going to get the gold medal, even though he knew he wasn't going to get any medal at all, he was going to come in last, he decided that he was going to keep pushing. And I wanted to talk to you guys tonight about your ambitions, what your plans were, what your dreams may have been. I remember a long time ago before I came to Christ, I had a lot of dreams, a lot of ambitions, a lot of, a lot of goals that I wanted uh, to accomplish. Uh, but I made a couple wrong turns and I made a lot of mistakes and started drinking heavily and doing drugs and so on and so on. It just led me to a place that made me bitter, upset, made me a, a person that had no dreams, that had no goal, made me a person to, to be in a place that I wish no one to be, a very dark place. But there was something inside of me that, that, that knew that this life wasn't for me, that that life wasn't for me. And then I heard somebody invite me and tell me about Jesus. And I went to church and God changed my life forever. But I want to encourage you guys, maybe you were serving the Lord, and maybe you were running really good and running really well, and, and you were sober for a couple of years, and, 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 and you know what? You got a little bit comfortable, and you got complacent, and you stopped reading your word, and you stopped praying as much as you could. 
uh, or as much as you used to. And then you, and then you came to a place where like, oh, maybe one drink will be fine. And then that one drink turned into two or three. And now you stopped coming to church and now you're back in the same mess you used to be in. Now you're in a place that you thought you would never be at. Now you've been deterred and you've been, you've been turned away. And now you no longer are interested in the things of God. And now you're just stuck and trapped in, in drugs or alcohol, whatever it may be. I wanna let you know something. God loves you too much to keep you where you're at. I wanna encourage you that you gotta get back up and keep moving. You see, this man, even though he wasn't gonna win gold, he still got up and he still kept going. His drive and determination just to finish the race was all that he needed. And in Proverbs 24, 16, it says this, for the lovers of God may suffer adversity and stumble seven times, but they will continue to rise up. They, they will continue to rise over and over again, but the unrighteous are brought down by just one calamity and will never be able to rise again. You see, there are gonna be times where we're gonna stumble, we're gonna make mistakes, but we have to have the power to get back up and keep moving and trust that things are gonna get better. And, you know, I was talking to you a little bit about, um, you know, going back to your old ways and drinking again. And I wanna let you know that there was a dear friend of mine who was coming to church for quite some time. And the past couple of years, I've seen her that she's been missing here and there. And she ended up getting caught up back into her old ways, drinking and doing drugs. And, you know, we, we reached out to her a few, a few months ago and helping her out. And I wanna let you know, she's finally back. She put herself into a home and she's doing really well. And I just wanna say hi to her online. She's watching online. She told me to give her a shout out today. So I'm not gonna say her name and throw her business out there. But we love you, amen? We're glad that you're back. She's been sober for six days and we know God's gonna move and put her right back on track. But, but one thing I do wanna mention is when we first started trying to help her, help her out and get her back on track, there was one thing that she mentioned and it was a lie from the enemy. And it was an embarrassment and, and she was crushed. She didn't feel, she felt ashamed for, for the way she was living again. She felt, you know, like, like people were gonna judge her. And, and we're, I was just encouraging her like, the church loves you. you know, the people there love you, they miss you and they wanna help you as much as they can. And I wanna let you guys know if you're struggling with something, let, let one of your church members, one of your friends know, we'll be here to pray for you and help you. We're not here to judge you. We want the best for you. And no matter what it is, whether it's drugs or alcohol or pornography, whatever it is that you're dealing with, you gotta trust that there's people here to help you get through that trial, to get through that situation. And let me tell you, when you fall, get back up. We'll be here to encourage you to do the right thing, to get back on track. Like I said earlier, God loves you too much to keep you where you're at. And he wants to do, he wants to do, wants you to do better. Amen. See, here's, here's a man to train, um, uh, did I already read that? His dreams are crushed. Yes. We see in the video as Derek, uh, we, we see in the video as Derek gets up to finish the race, something spectacular happens, something far more precious than, than a gold medal. We see the love of a father running to his son to help him out. The story goes that his dad told him he didn't have to finish the race. He didn't have to do what he was doing. But Derek persisted to finish the race and his dad was there to help him out. And he finished well. The moment, uh, this moment is one of the, the Olympic highlight moments of all time. 
uh, they ended up doing visa commercials for this in 1992. Uh, this was a big thing. Um, I don't know if you guys remember this video, um, but he became famous. And to see that moment of a father and son and the love that the father has to help him finish that race, it reminds me of how God loves us, that there's a perfect father in heaven, the Abba Father that loves us so much, that loves us so much that doesn't want us to stay in the same place, that will run out to us when we make that commitment, just to make that step. You see, Paul talked about earlier that, um, that he, he um, presses on. So I run with purpose in every step. You see, this man, even though he fell, he ran with purpose. Even though he was gonna finish last, he was gonna still finish that race. It was something he trained years for. And I wanna let you know, as things come our way, as life happens and things happen, you gotta keep moving. You gotta keep pressing in. You gotta keep reaching out to the Lord and he'll be there to push you and persuade you to keep moving forward, to do the right things, to do what God has called us to do. In Hebrews 12, one, it says this, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that's slow, that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily uh, trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured for, from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. So just think about what Jesus did on the cross for you, for your salvation. Jesus gave his life up as a ransom so that we can be saved, so that we can be changed, so that God can change our life to give us hope, to give us a drive, to give us happiness and peace and joy. Think about that and it'll help you get, a, get rid of the sin that is in our life. It'll help you to keep pushing forward. It'll give you endurance, endurance to push this race. And, and, and finally, 1 Timothy 6, 11 says, but you, Timothy, are a man of God. So run from all these evil things. Pursue righteousness and, godly, and a godly life, along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith for the true faith. Hold tightly to the eternal life to which God has called you, which you have declared so well before many witnesses. So I wanna encourage you guys, whether you started off well and you may, you may be off course, I wanna encourage you to get back on course. I wanna let you know that there's a God that loves you very much, that no matter what you've done, God is here to open up his arms and to receive you and to forgive you. But you have to come with the repentant heart. You have to come with like, God, I messed up, and he'll be there to lift you up, amen? If we all can bow our heads and close our eyes, and I can close our Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com give.